Welcome. It's time once again for Catalog and Cocktails, presented by Data.World. It's your honest, no BS, non-salesy conversation about enterprise data management with tasty beverages in hand. I'm Tim Gasper, longtime data nerd, product guy, customer guy at Data.World, joined by Juan Cicada. Hey, Tim, how are you doing? It's uh, Wednesday, middle of the week, end of the day. And our guest is in the future because it is Thursday where she's at. I'm super excited to have today Kat Greenbrook. Uh, she is a data storyteller and she's the author of the upcoming book, The Data, the data Storyteller's Handbook, How to Create Business Impact Using Data Storytelling. And what I'm really super excited is that this is such a timely topic. As I was mentioning LinkedIn earlier today, like we were talking about we need to have somebody, uh, we need to have this topic. And then our former guest, Shane Gibson said, Introduce us to Kat. This all happened. So here we are. Kat, it is super exciting to have you. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm doing well. Thank you. All right. Well, we got a lot to dive into, but first let's let's kick it off with our, our tell and toast. Uh, what are we drinking and what are we toasting for today? Kat, Kat uh, well, Thursday, I am Thursday. drinking, um, yeah, Thursday, 10 a.m., uh, peppermint tea. <laughs> Uh, so no cocktail at this end, um, but I'm drinking to the fact that I have finished writing my book now. Uh, so that's, I think, something worth toasting to. That, awesome. Definitely, definitely. We would definitely toast for, for your book. Super excited to dive into that. Uh, Tim, how about you? Yeah, I'll cheers to that as well. I know how much work goes into building out a book, creating all that content. So kudos to you. Cheers to that. Um, and I am drinking actually, so my wife bought me a bunch of these Portland syrups. They're like little tiny syrups from different flavors. Uh, so this here is a cocktail with vanilla rooibos, so the tea syrup, um, with bourbon, lemon, and soda. So pretty tasty. Oh, wow. That's a very fancy syrup there. Uh, I'm taking it kind of smooth. Uh, I mean, easy, not so smooth because I'm just drinking a Lago Bowl in 16. Uh, this is so speedy, delicious, and I kind of feel like the weather's got a little bit colder, and I have a little bit of a stuffy nose right now. I'm like, let's see if I can smell it. Oh, I can definitely smell this. So, anyways, che cheers to, to to write for your book, Kat. We're really excited about it, and looking forward to getting this out there. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, our warm up question: talking about storytelling and books. What's your favorite children's story growing up? Yeah, so I had to wreck my brain for this one because I have a terrible memory. Uh, but I think my favorite children's book was uh, a book around about a teddy bear called Cordery. Um, and it lost its button, if I remember rightly, and it went on this big adventure uh, until this little girl found it in a store. And that's all I can remember of it. But for some reason, that came to mind first. I remember that story. That was a really good one. Ah, oh, good. Yeah. Corduroy. So what about you, Tim? Uh, for me, um, I always, I mean, there was a lot of books when I was growing up. The one I always remember is the Berenstain Bears. Like we used to read oh, those yeah. books and like uh, their little adventures, the family, right? Uh, so I just always remember that. That, had, that sticks out for me. What about you, Juan? Well, I remember my dad telling me stories when I was a kid about his dog, Lassie. So he would tell me all these stories, which I grew up thinking my dad really had a dog just like Lassie and would have all those adventures. And then, um, well, that wasn't true, but it was, I still remember that. So that's pretty, 
pretty cool. I remember my dad telling those stories when I was a kid. <laughs> but as a kid, you thought you thought that he had that dog, and then later you were like, "Oh, maybe he actually was just." Totally well, he actually him. did have a, that dog, like a collie, right? And he had shown me pictures of it. So I'm like, "Oh, this is true, right?" But well, the dog was true. <laughs> but anyways, let's let's kick this off. Okay, honest, no BS. What the heck do we mean by data storytelling? Hmm. Yeah, this term is such a buzzword, uh, and I can I can say that <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's if essentially what it means is how do we effectively communicate our data insights, uh, and it's just turned into this well, yeah as I say buzzword that it just gets thrown around and used for so many different things, and so it has become a little bit jumbled in terms of what it actually means to do. Uh, but it is a form of communication. Uh, that's all it is. It just communication doesn't really sound as sexy as data storytelling. Why, why do you think that there's like all this hype that's been created around it? Because I do think that folks like to be like, I'm just not a reg I'm not just a regular data visualization person or something like that. I'm a data storyteller or you have to learn data storytelling or, you know, is why, why do you think all this hype is kind of formed around it? I, I, don't, I think it's the same hype as any new term. Uh, storytelling is just not, it's not a term that's just specific to the data field, like storytelling is all over the place, another form of communication. Uh, but I think we just, we do, we're constantly coming up with new ways to describe the work we do. We saw it with the whole data science field. Um, everybody who was a data analyst or overnight turned into a data scientist. We just like to change the terms that describe our work. So uh, the field I think will continue to evolve. And so the meaning will become a little bit more clearer, uh, but we're still in that beginning as to what, what it means to some people is different to what it means to other people. Yeah. So we, we were talking about this earlier, just before we get online here, about how this, I'm curious to understand how this, how has this evolved? And actually, we're just looking on Google Trends and just put in a data storytelling. And you can see that it was kind of very flat at the bottom around 2014. This thing starts to pick up and kind of go up on Google Trends, which is kind of where you're telling us you started working in this area. So I'm curious to know how, how has this evolved? And like, what was it before? And how did you, how did you get into this? And also, uh, what, what are the roles that we're seeing now? Or, or, or like, is the next data analyst, data scientist, a data storyteller? And is that going to become like an actual role or, or position organizations? So many questions in what you just need. I know. So <laughs> I'll, I'll try. Cool. I'll try. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> uh, so, so my way into the field anyway was I uh, was really interested in data visualization. I've, I've worked in the kind of what the data analytics field for a good 10 years. We go all the way back. I, I graduated with a science degree in genetics and biochemistry, and I graduated not really wanting to be a scientist. Uh, so I kind of fell into business analytics. Uh, so I spent a good 10 years doing different kinds of analytics roles. But I really had a love of design right back since like high school. Uh, so I, I kind of really wanted to pick that up again. And so when data visualization came along, it was kind of this merging of these two data, um, science and art coming together. Uh, that's what it felt like. Uh, and so I really leaned in hard to data visualization as a field. Uh, but then data storytelling, I think, comes along as, as companies mature in their analytics journey almost. And I think it's when 
you have so many data visuals within your organization. Uh, I know a lot of companies who have created dashboard after dashboard after dashboard and I kind of end up drowning in dashboards. Uh, so many visuals going on, you know, because they're so easy to create. We have software today that just lets us spit out all these different kind of visuals. Uh, and we end up just being overloaded with that kind of visual information. And so data storytelling comes along after the fact that we're really comfortable with creating data visuals, but we need to make them make more sense in terms of who we're communicating to and the data visuals, the data storytelling, but that's how you wrap around a little bit of meaning to what those data visuals are trying to represent. And so it's not to say that data storytelling is going to replace data visuals in terms of dashboard visuals, for instance. Uh, they both do their own, they both hold their own purpose, uh, but data storytelling I see is kind of this uh, next step on the maturity journey of a company in terms of their analytics approach. That makes sense. So it's not going to replace, data storytelling is not going to replace data visualization. And it sounds like data storytellers are not going to replace BI analysts or data visualization people. No, not at all. I mean, you might find some people in those fields gravitate more towards data storytelling. And so they want uh, to personally develop uh, their skills in that field. Uh, but there will still be a need for BI analysts, um, dashboard builders, data visualization specialists. They're, they're all going to be necessarily necessary as well as data storytellers. So, so does it mean that if you're doing data storytelling very well, you're able, you don't, you will not be having all these visualizations? Um, I think it depends. It, it'll depend on your audience. Uh, so some audiences don't require data storytelling at all. Uh, so generally, if you're a subject expert, you don't need somebody to tell you the story around that data because you already understand it. And so data storytelling has a very specific audience group within a company. Uh, the same as dashboards have a very specific audience within a company. You might give a dashboard to someone and they'll have no idea what it means. And in which case they will need data storytelling to help explain some of those data metrics. But if you give a dashboard to somebody who is a subject expert, then they'll be fine. So yeah, the difference uh, between data storytelling yeah. and dashboarding is comes down to who is the audience? What do they need? Not what is the tool and what can you build? So in that sense, is the data storytelling kind of like the context, helping to convey the context? Yeah, it wraps around that context. It wraps around why it's significant for that particular audience group. Uh, it wraps, it has to do with, uh, if we look wider at the whole, what are you trying to achieve with your data storytelling? It's a form of communication. So it should be trying to achieve a certain goal. I mean, you wouldn't send an email out if you weren't actually trying to, to, to get something from it or to communicate some information. Uh, but we do that with our data all the time. We just put up this information in the hope that someone will take something relevant from it. Uh, but when we think of data storytelling, we need to think of it as a form of communication. So what is the goal of our communication? Who is our audience? Who are we trying to get to act or to understand something? And then it comes down to, okay, well, 
if we we're trying to achieve this from this group of people what is our message that we're going to communicate and that message that's your data story that will be derived from data insights in some way Okay. So you, 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 I saw the first part of your book and you have this kind of this framework, which is called the discover inform, and educate. And I, this was, this was really eye opening for me. I'd love for you to kind of go a little bit more into detail about this. And the reason why I'm asking this is because how I want to be able to say, how do you get started for somebody who's like, okay, I'm hearing all these buzzwords, but let's take this to action. Like, how do I get started? Yeah, so the Discover, Inform, Educate, they are, are forms or reasons to visualize data. So but the majority of people coming into the data storytelling field will probably be coming in from the data visualization field. So when you're doing data visualization, it's good to understand your reason to create a data visual. And so the three reasons, three main reasons within a business that you would create a data visual are to either discover data insights, um, to inform others of those data insights or to educate others about those data insights. And it's the educate visuals that's, they are part of data storytelling. Uh, but the other two, so discovery visuals are part of the analytics process. Uh, you may have heard these referred to as chart vomit, where you just have, you're creating visual after visual after visual and they look horrible. Uh, but that doesn't matter because they're helping you to discover those insights. Uh, you're not going to share them with anybody or you shouldn't share them with anybody. They're purely there for you to do your job better in terms of create some uh, analysis. The, those are discovery visuals. The problem a lot of people do when creating those discovery visuals is they do share them. And so that's why you some visuals get a really bad name. Uh, they're not designed for anyone else's eyes but yours because the other people won't understand the process that you've gone through in order to understand that visual. Uh, inform visuals, they are there to make data easy to access. And these are the visuals that are part of dashboards. So dashboards are there to present information in a very ordered way. They're designed for a specific audience to show them the metrics that are important to that audience and make it really easy for people to access the latest measurements. They're not there to tell a story. Dashboards aren't data storytelling tools. They're a, a tool to help you access information quickly. Uh, and then educate visuals, obviously these are your data storytelling. And so educate visuals help tell the data story that you've written. Now, a lot of the time people will, when, when they're trying to get involved in data storytelling, is go straight to the visualization. Whereas actually creating visuals when you're doing data storytelling is the last thing that you do. Uh, because you can't create a visual to help tell a data story if you don't know what that data story is. And so I have uh, an end-to-end -end data storytelling process and data visualization is one of the very last things. But I think before you start that process, you need to determine whether your audience actually need you to tell them a data story or whether a dashboard is suitable. Wow, this was so, th this is this snippet was super important that you just said. I, I think this, this, this is an important part that people need to go back and, and listen to. One thing that came a lot to my attention was, the whole chart vomit. I love this. This is another t-shirt thing we need to go add it on a t-shirt, Tim. Um, and what you said, like you could do this, but you just keep it to yourself. And the problem is that we share it with others. And I think this goes back to uh, what I think I want to share with everybody how I did my work. And mm -hmm. and, and you, get, you go, you fall into the whole details. It's like, 
at the end of the day, like you're excited about sharing people how you do your work, but people don't care. Like they just want to know what the, the what the result was and what the outcome was. And so dive into those details. You're just going to bore people, confuse people. So yeah, keep it to yourself. Maybe some other people will care about it. And I think that's, that's a really, really important aspect. Uh, yeah. You got me excited about that one. And he helps me organize myself when I'm telling, trying to tell these stories. Without... I, I do see that a lot. I'm, I'm working uh, quite closely with the data science team and just one-on-one -on -one they the, every quarter they have to present a project that they do uh, or are working on to the business and they have one slide to do it on and so they have to get their story straight and they have to get their visuals looking good uh, but a lot of the time the, the the story that they tell is about how they actually came to the answer in terms of what the answer is going to do to solve the business problem and so they focus a lot on the tool and the algorithms, uh, but the business just is, you, just as you said, they're not interested in that. They don't care. Hmm. This is an interesting uh, subject in terms of, you know, the interplay between technology and the person trying to tell the story um, to, to do this sort of data storytelling. And um, I do think that, um, you know, depending on where you look in time, like I remember, you know, when Tableau was becoming very, very popular, people would often talk about like kind of data storytelling in the context of like, okay, did you create like an interesting Tableau visualization, right? I think more recently, you've got um, sort of data science and especially this sort of notebook format being very popular for trying to show a progression of things. But um, both of these technologies can encourage some anti-patterns, right? like uh, notebooks, for example, I think notebooks actually lend themselves a little bit to this sort of chart vomit, right? Where you can be like, well, then I tweaked this variable and here's what the chart looks like. And then I did this and here's what that chart looks like, right? And then you create these long notebooks with, you know, 30, 40, 50 charts on different things that you tried. You know, what do you think about when you think about like the relationship between the data storyteller and technology and some best practices? Yeah, I... We were talking earlier about this. The, I'm a little bit wary when it comes to tools saying that they can that they are a data storytelling tool because I think it gives people people the easy way out. Uh, a tool is not necessarily going to help you tell a data story if you don't know how to construct that data story without a tool. So a tool can definitely be helpful in terms of making it quicker and easier for you to do if you understand the process uh, so data storytelling it's a process it's not it's not a tool that can help you do that uh, you do have to go through it manually uh, to come up with that communication message uh, so tools that advertise that yeah i'm just a little bit um, they're generally just talking about a data visualization tool. So, you know, you do have tools like Tableau and Power BI and people can label them as data storytelling tools. And it, it does come down to how you use them. Um, but generally people will use them as a data visualization tool rather than a data storytelling tool purely because they don't go through the process of understanding that narrative first before they create their visual. Yeah. So, sometimes I find myself using PowerPoint a lot to try to tell some kind of a data story. Uh, and as long as I'm, you know, being thoughtful about the way I go about it, is that okay? Like, because sometimes I feel yeah. dirty when I use PowerPoint and I'm like, no. oh, like, it should be a dashboard, right? 
No. <laughs> so I yeah, PowerPoint is a great data storytelling tool because it lets you step through slide by slide. You can control the narrative and how you make things appear. Uh, and if you understand the story that you're trying to tell using PowerPoint, uh, it can be it can be a great way to step an audience through through whatever story you're telling them. Remembering it is a form of communication. So data storytelling can be done using whatever form of communication tool that you're currently using in a business. You can tell a data story using an email. You can tell a data story using a PowerPoint presentation. You can stand in line for a coffee and tell somebody a data story. That doesn't have to involve a data visualization tool. I appreciate you making me feel better about my PowerPoint. <laughs> So, so what are the, you, so you, you're saying ways that we can do this, right? PowerPoint, email, stand line, like at the end of the day, it's all, it's really about telling that message. Um, mm -hmm. So what are, what are the kind of the anti-patterns? Like we've talked a lot about visualizations. Like what are the ones that were like other ways that people say they're doing it, but they're like, yeah, it's not really, that's not really the way you should be doing it. So I'm curious to kind of get call, call BS on approaches or tools or things that people are saying that they're doing data storytelling with yeah and and data storytelling it's general it's generally data visualization that's the that's the big one uh dashboards the the other big one uh when people create a dashboard and tell and say hey let's look at my data story it's kind of like oh that's that's just that's that's not what my definition is and i'm not saying that my definition is the only one and it's the right one um, because this field is so new people are still coming up with different ideas as to what this what it means to tell a data story uh, but i think just because you create a data visual doesn't mean that you're telling a data story you might you might think you are uh, but that's a data story has to has to in my eyes be, be it written or at least understood before you can communicate it. I mean, and you say this as, a, as if it were a simple thing, but it, it, I mean, it is a way simple, but there's so much into it. Like it has to be understood. So the person who's actually telling the story really needs to know what's going on, understand the context and who's the audience. Mm -hmm. And I think and I, you see this, I mean, we see this with data folks who don't understand all the context, don't understand the business. And, and they're like, and then they're worth creating the a report or a dashboard. It's like there's that big gap right there. So now I wonder is like, who are the folks who will, who will be, or who should be the great data storytellers and, 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 and how do you become a great data storyteller? Yeah, uh, it's, it does sound simple, uh, but it's not. Uh, and you're right, there's a huge learning curve from multiple angles in terms of being able to tell a data story well. Uh, so I work as a data storyteller and I don't have the domain knowledge for every single industry. So I do rely heavily on uh, people working within the, the businesses that I'm working for for that domain knowledge and so you do need to have some sort of industry knowledge some sort of domain knowledge uh, you do need to have communication skills you uh, can have to have some sort of way of looking at the world through critical eyes in terms of that analysis side of things uh, you do need to have in some cases that design data visualization if you're telling your data story visually that helps uh, so 
there there are a lot of aspects to it and i think it's really difficult if you're new to data analysis uh, to feel confident to tell that tell a data story because a lot of the time and i and i see this with a lot of people who i train they're not comfortable putting their opinion across uh, they don't feel that they have enough authority to do that uh, and I kind of push back on that a little bit because I think if they're analyzing the data, they are the best person to be able to interpret that data properly and therefore explain uh, the consequence of whatever they found in the correct way. Uh, the problem sometimes is when you uh, get a data analyst and they give you a whole lot of data and to somebody who doesn't necessarily understand the ins and outs of that data analysis and then that person communicates that information some of the nuances are lost in translation and that can be a bit dangerous because sometimes what's communicated is not necessarily the results of the analysis so i think if you've analyzed the data you are in the best place to tell its story it's just a case of do you want to upskill in that area Oh, okay, so this is a really important point you said. Like, so you have somebody who's doing the analysis of data. So let's assume there, there is the analysis of data is a task that needs to be done. And then there is the, the task of kind of, under, of of delivering a message to an audience. And so these are two different tasks. And if two different people do this task, there is a, a situation where things get lost in translation if you don't have all the context. Yeah. So, so ideally... So should that, so does that mean that if these are two different tasks, should they be done by the same person or should they, or they can be done by two different people, but then there needs to be like so much communication with context, like, because it looks like, uh, I mean, like Tim likes to say we were here, like, uh, accidents happen in intersections, right? So it's like, you have all these different people and you're missing things and like get some things that crossed and like, that's not what we wanted to go say. Well, I mean. So I'm just curious how all these people relationships yeah. get together. Yeah, they, they are two different processes in my eyes. So you have the data analytics process and the output of that is data, data insights. And then you have the data storytelling process. And so the, the data insights that come out from data analysis feed into the data storytelling process. And so they can be done by the same person or they can be done by two different people. But you're absolutely right. There needs to be really close communication between whoever's done the analysis and whoever's doing the data storytelling to make sure that that data is interpreted correctly. So I know that a lot of like our customers at data.world and a lot of different companies, they have like data academies or things like that, especially larger organizations <clears throat> when they're trying to kind of teach people about good skills around data and how, they can be more data driven and in some cases more technical skills, but also in some cases more broader skills, you know, is, is data storytelling something that should fit into this paradigm? Like, should we be teaching people across the organization data storytelling? Should they be taking data storytelling 101 and things like that? Yeah, I think so. Because if data storytelling is one of the very last things, if you're talking about the whole end-to-end -end data chain. I mean, you, you tell a data story in the hope that somebody else within the business will then go and do something to achieve a business goal or to create some sort of business impact. 
And if you don't communicate or tell that story well, everything else that happened leading up to that is redundant. So if you think of all the the resources and the money that goes into data warehouses and all sorts before the infrastructure and then you get to the analysis and all the modeling that goes on all of that is wasted if you don't communicate what those data insights actually mean in a way that's going to enable someone to create some sort of business impact at the end of the day it's about how do we create this impact in the hope that we can achieve these business goals it's not about how do we upskill in terms of I want to make my 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 technical abilities better. It's it's not actually about the individual as such. It's about how do we drive this company forward? How do we create this change? And sometimes we lose sight of what we're actually trying to achieve with the analytics that we do. I think that's a very great and and wise statement. Um, you know, there's the, the goal isn't I'm a level five data storyteller, right? It's the impact that we can have on the business. And, 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 I, think, and I think this goes back to like the tool stuff before is like, yeah, we get so focused on the tools and we can go do this and I can do that and look how I analyze this data and create these dashboards and visualizations and like, why the heck are we doing this? Right. And you create all these dashboards and like we got all these things, but like, why are we even trying to attempting to go answer these questions? Like, what is the ultimate business outcome that we're trying to go drive? And I think at the end, I think the whole data, what I'm realizing is data storytelling is just, it's just, it's, it's part of the process to make sure that we are using data to be able to drive value to the organization. They always say, make money, save money, mitigate risk. So, how are we? using data or analyzing data that's going to tell a story such that the organization makes money, saves money, mitigates risk. And then we, 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 we get so bogged down to all the technical stuff and then being so uh, pedantic or whatever. That's like, again, what is the end goal here for the organization? What is the impact we're trying to drive? You, you would be really surprised at the number of people who will be working on a project, doesn't matter what it is, uh, and they will not be able to tell you what they're trying to achieve or the goal of that project. Uh, and I have this in a workshop exercise. Okay, write down what you do, what project you're doing, and then what is the goal of that project? And if you can be even more um, smart about it, what is the goal above your goal? So if you think about it in terms of business goal hierarchy, uh, as you keep going further and further up, you get to those high level goals in terms of, you know, making money, saving money, what, what not. Uh, but if you can think of your project, your goal, and then the goal above yours, it will help you to communicate what you do within your business, because you'll be able to speak this kind of shared language, especially if you have, if you're doing work over here and you've got somebody else doing another project over here and you have your goals are the same. Uh, it means you've got a shared goal. And so therefore that opens up much more of a communication channel if you can start to talk about, okay, what are we trying to achieve here? How can we do this? How can we drive this forward? Uh, so understanding the goal of the work that you do and then the goals of the teams that surround you make that communication so much easier. Juan, I feel like this is the business literacy that you've been talking about. Yeah, I mean, a couple things. One is, here's another great quote for a t-shirt. What is the goal above your goal? 
Uh, and I think this is something that people don't like. First of all, it happens like you don't even know what is your like you you're, you're doing things because you're told to what to do, right? So that's one thing. And then, but you need to understand the broader picture around this, right? That's next. But uh, it, it goes back to something. I mean, so I'm curious. What what are your thoughts about data literacy? Yeah, I think it, it goes hand in hand in some cases with data storytelling because data storytelling is a way that you can increase the data literacy within a company. Uh, just by explaining some of the meaning of those data metrics. Uh, it also goes, uh, data storytelling can help increase the business acumen of people within the company as well, because it can explain some of what it means within the business, what those data metrics mean. Uh, so I think data literacy and data storytelling do go hand in hand. They're not the same thing, uh, but they, but they so do work together. The, the, the little rant I have always about data literacy is that I don't, I mean, it should really be business literacy. Because at the end of the day, and, and I think it's like, it's more, or, or the other word we've been discussing really is like, it's fluency. But essentially, like, what we're talking about is to be able to go tell the story and understand the goals, like, you really need to understand the broader business and the context, the, the context of the business. And, and that's what we need to be really educating, understanding ourselves, understanding more about how does this business work? Like, why are we doing this? And, and I, frankly, I think that's more important than how to go do things with data because I don't care if you do all these things with data if you're not be able to provide impact then what the fuck then why are we even doing this so I think that's the that's the big shift that we need to do and, and again the mess I love how you're driving the, the big message here is all about like how do we effectively communicate what is that message that we're trying to go deliver and to whom such that it's going to provide an impact to the business and to be able to go figure out what that message is and to whom like you need to understand the context and understand the business so um Mm. I, I I'm really I'm, I'm really excited that well, anyway, I'm just getting excited I'm getting excited here but the point I want to make is data this data storytelling I'm realizing is something that needs to get tied together with this whole business literacy and I think that's how we, that I'm realizing that's like a missing piece uh, that I had kind of in all my what's going through my head anyways I'm ranting I'm gonna shut up <laughs> and, and you're right and, and it, it's not really something that gets taught in a way, you just kind of absorb it as you go through working within a company. Um, some some companies have really good induction programs, and so therefore you get a bit of an idea. Uh, but other, at other times, it is about, especially when you're getting interviewed for a data job, it's about your technical skills uh, rather than anything else. No, I love this. This is, I, I love I love some of the insights that we're talking about here. Um, I, I have a question for you, Kat, as we start to wind things down a little bit and head to some of our, our sort of final questions and things. Um, you know, you, you stated something about five minutes earlier that caught my attention when you said that data storytelling is kind of a, you know, it's, it's kind of like the final piece in the, the sort of the, the, the chain. It's like, it's like the last mile piece. Um, and that that triggered for me a thought, which I think might be an anti-pattern, which is the idea that like, well, you got to put together all this work. You got to get together all the right data infrastructure or anything. Right. And then the last mile is the data storytelling. And, and to me, as I think about that, it feels like, you know, asking, being curious and asking questions of your data and then data storytelling might be the two things and everything else is just, the 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 work we have to do in order to get to the data storytelling the data stories that we're seeking 
Um, and that data stories and data questions might be the, the two things that we start with at the beginning and everything else just revolves around them. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. Am I am I crazy or what do you think about that and, and sort of a juxtaposition against the sort of positioning of, of last mile? Yeah, I think I think it depends on how you position it. So I obviously working as a data storyteller, I see what I do is kind of the last stage of the whole analytics process or data process. Uh, but you could also argue that it's sitting in the middle of we're talking about having business impact. I mean, a data story is not going to achieve business impact by itself. It requires somebody to actually go and do some action or have some further understanding of a topic for it to actually be able to create that impact. So you could argue that data storytelling is not quite the end either. It's somewhere in the middle. Maybe it's just a big circle and we just keep going around and around. That might be the truth there. But I mean, this is the stuff that I'm, that I see all the time is like, oh, we're gonna go uh, create our data warehouse or, or data lake and we're gonna start moving data. We need to go ETL, move ELT, all that stuff. And, and, and yeah, I mean, first of all, just because we can doesn't mean we should. That's one thing I always say. But then like, okay, we're going to go move all this stuff. But but you're starting kind of from the ground up. But yeah, we got to go do this. But we should also have like this top down, which is like, okay, what are the actual questions that we're trying to go answer? And and, and why are we trying to go answer that? And who's asking these questions and why? And that goes, goes back to your the previous point of like understanding what the goal is and what is the goal above the goal and right and that's going to help us saying well i can do all of this but i shouldn't do that part because that's not helping for that goal it's going to be a distraction that's so i think it, it it it's 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 i mean obviously it's the the answer to all questions is it depends or it's hybrid right so it's obviously some yeah. hybrid. <laughs> it goes bottoms up and top down and then there's something in the middle but but again i think we're 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 continuing to beat this dead horse in the sense of like, yes, understand what is the impact? What is the goal? And going back to something you said earlier too, is like how many times you talk to people and they don't even know why they're doing things. And Yeah. And I think with, with all the data that we've got within companies these days and all the modeling that we can do to create more data, uh, it, part of data storytelling, it's an editing process. And so there is a lot of noise out there and a big part of, putting together an effective communication is being able to say, well, no, hey, that information, that's a whole other story that doesn't belong in what I'm communicating now. Uh, and it's figuring out what's important to tell the story or deliver the message that you, the single message. Because uh, I think a lot of the time when people tell data stories, they a big mistake they make is trying to tell too many stories at once and it just gets really confusing for the audience. Uh, this is this is uh all right i i i'm really excited i i am thinking i'm thinking about what should our people who are listening right now is how should they evaluate their status of of data storytelling in their organizations right are they are they realizing shoot we're drowning in dashboards and if i don't make any changes we're just going to continue drowning in dashboards and 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 so how do you suggest people to kind of start this process right now like kind of analyze where are they today and where should they go? Like, how do they start and get out of the hole that they may be in? <laughs> yeah, I think I think they'll know. Uh, so I know going into an organization based on the questions that, that, that I get asked, if they're still talking about how do I make this dashboard look better? 
you know, dashboard design type of thing. How do how do I make my data visualizations more effective? Uh, they're still still focused on that dashboard side of things. They haven't got to the problem yet. They haven't realized that there actually is a problem. And as soon as organizations do that, they realize that people within the company, they're just not understanding the data metrics properly. They're just not as data driven as they could be because people don't understand the output of data analytics teams. Then they realize they've got a problem. And regardless of the number of dashboards they're putting out, people still aren't understanding it. Uh, so I do think if, if they're in this situation, they'll know, they just will. I find it really hard, uh, just as an aside, to teach students uh, data storytelling because they don't understand that there is even a problem. Uh, so data storytelling, it's about effective communication and they kind of see it a little bit as this fluffy thing that they have to do as part of this data degree that they're doing. Uh, but they, they just want to be technical. They just want to learn all the technical skills. Uh, but when they get into uh, the, a real world job environment and they start building all these dashboards and delivering all this data, and then they still get people coming up to them and saying, what does this mean? Uh, then and only then do they realize, oh, whatever I'm delivering, whatever I'm putting out there, it's obviously not working. And that's when they, they need to look at start looking at data storytelling because there's a big chunk of their audience uh, that those dashboards aren't working for, and that's your data storytelling audience. What does that mean? All right, that's that, that mean meaning is understanding, it's knowledge, it's semantics. It's like this is the part that we that I think most people, a lot of people miss. And I and, and I'd argue that the leaders. And I'm curious about your take on this. I'm going to be very take a hot hot take my position here. If you want to be a leader in 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 the data industry, you will be you will spend time trying to understand, trying to focus on 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 the meaning of the semantics about your business about the data. And if you don't do that, you're frankly just going to be a follower. And I, and and I argue that if you want to be a leader, you need to then be able to understand what your business is about, understand what your data is, not just technical, like really from the connecting to the business and be able to tell those stories. And if you're not able to tell those stories, you will not be a leader. You will just continue to be a follower. That's my hot I think it depends on who, who you want to lead. Uh, and so if you, if you want to be a technical leader and the people you're leading are technical, then you just have to talk technical speak but generally within a business you're not only going to be talking to technical people there you're going to have to talk to a very diverse group within a within an organization and there are going to be people who don't understand anything about the data that you're working on and so you have to go right back to the core of it why is this data important to our business why is it relevant to the people that you're talking to and what do you need from them and if you know that and you can communicate that at a really general level, then yes, you're right. You, you will be a better leader or be able to lead more people, more diverse group of people than you would if you were just technical. Mm -hmm. So before we, before we wrap up, I'm curious, can you share any, some at least a story on one of your favorite data stories? Um, situations like oh this is a great way of doing data storytelling and one of the worst ones that you've seen oh, there's lots of worst ones 
What's your <laughs> favorite? Everywhere. <laughs> um, Most... But I can take I can teach I can teach you a like a narrative structure if you like. So you can go away and tell a story. Uh, it's, yeah. it's quite simple, and it's not mine. Uh, it it was based on the three X structure, which has been you would have would have heard of this probably. It's been around for centuries back since the days of Aristotle. Uh, but somebody called Randy Olson came up with a more um, everyday way of telling a story using that three-act structure. And so the reason I say telling a story is because you need to understand how to tell a story before you can understand how to tell a data story. And so the structure is the same, but just the data story obviously has uh, insights derived from data included in it. But if you think about it in just terms of telling a story, uh, the three simple words, and, but, and therefore. And so these three words describe the three-act structure in a very conversational way. So, for example, if I was going to describe the plot line, the high-level plot line of a movie using those three words, I'll, I'll read you out something and so you can see if you can guess the movie. So using this and, but, therefore structure. There was once a girl and she lived with her aunt and uncle and her life was pretty boring. But one day a tornado swept through her house and carried her into the land of Oz. Therefore, she had to journey to see the wizard in order to return home. And but therefore. So, but is the introduction of act two. It introduces that contrast, which storytelling is all about. Uh, and therefore, that word therefore helps to resolve that contrast and it introduces act three. And, but, therefore. And you can use this structure for any form of communication. So when I first learned about this, I was writing emails in this way. I was putting presentations together in this way. It's just a very, very easy conversational way to tell a story. Uh, the problem when we communicate um, in business, especially when it comes to data communication, is we don't get past those ends. We just, here's a graph of this, and here's a graph of that, and here's a graph of this, and here's a graph of that. And we don't push into the act two, which is the contrast. Uh, and in order to tell a good story, you need to have that contrast. And so if you work a little bit on how do you actually weave this narrative structure into the way that you communicate, your storytelling will get better. And I can give you an example of a data story. So let's say last year we had 20,000 customers and we had a large proportion of market share. But this year, customer numbers have dropped by 25% because our competitors increased their activity. Therefore, we need to do something in order to win back our customers. That's a really, really simple example. But using that and, but, therefore, or ABT for short, it's called, uh, you can structure your narrative and your communication in a way that's going to resonate more and be a little bit more concise in the way that you tell it. I love the way that you're breaking this down into narrative structure and the three acts. Because I think that really clarifies, certainly for me, and I think for probably for everyone who's listening here, like kind of like what is a data story in its most conceptual pieces? Um, what is a story really in its conceptual pieces? And 
you know, whether it's data stories or any kind of story that you're telling, I mean, isn't this kind of how you do effective business and work is like you have to interact with your coworkers and you need to convince them of certain things. And these are the stories that we tell each other about how we think we need to do things. Yeah. And we're already doing this every day. And I think just giving, providing that little bit of framework and to actually make this a, it's not this airy, fairy, fuzzy thing that some people do and some people don't. Uh, we're already doing this. And some people are natural born storytellers. They just kind of have a way of weaving story into the way that they naturally communicate. But it is something that we can learn if we're not already comfortable doing it. So having that easy end, but therefore, as a narrative structure. I mean, that's only part of it, obviously. When mm -hmm. you're talking about data storytelling, you have to pull out the right bits of information from your analysis and make sure you've got all those. Uh, those are what I call the building blocks and making sure you've got the right building blocks. And then you arrange those building blocks into this narrative structure to create this compelling data story. There's no yeah, visual so, involved in this process. Yeah, no, no, no. This is this is the thing is that by just listening to this, right? You start making the the whatever visuals you want by yourself in your head, and you start realizing this, right? And and and, and so going back to this at the, the the and button, therefore, it's like and is like let me just tell you the or this is how this is my interpretation. Like let me just tell you the facts, the observations. This is what's happening, and then the but in a way is like here's something that we should be concerned. Like this is now people are paying attention to this stuff. And then therefore, like, that's the action that we go take. Like, I'm telling you the and and the but, so to prepare you because something needs to happen. And so I think that's that's how I'm interpreting this. And I'm just realizing. Yeah, so it, 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 can be, it can be any way you want to arrange it. So sometimes uh, I have a building block to pull out of analysis, which is everything that you don't know about what you've analyzed. And so your data story could be something along the lines of, hey, we've done this analysis, but but we don't know this about whatever, therefore we need to do some more analysis to find out more. That's a data story. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's now that you say it this way, it's super simple. Well, and, and, well, well, I mean, you're taking this really complex thing that we started out about what is data story, and you just brought it into something very simple, very practical that we can go off and take away right yeah. now. Like, I am literally thinking about all the emails that were responding today, and, and then I just written these documents of weird stuff. Juan, um, every time you sent an email and you didn't have a button in there for it, man, you were just and, and, anding, man. Going back, so... You don't need to do data okay. storytelling or storytelling all the time. <laughs> Well, if I want people to actually take you know, take actions with what I'm telling them, I should, right? So if I just focus on the and, and, ands, that's just basically chart vomit, operation <laughs> Word vomit, vomit, word vomit. Um, it, it, it's, it's and, and, and. People, people will get bored if you do too many statements, you know, all in agreement. So and is a, and is a really common agreement word. So if you do something and something and something they're all in agreement and people just kind of tune out after a while but as soon as you say that contrast word and it doesn't have to be the word but there's a lot of synonyms for but so but however yet despite they all introduce that contrast they all introduce act two into whatever it is that you're communicating they will make those words will make people oh stand up and think oh pay attention it's like a trigger Woo! That was fantastic. I loved how. All right, 
I'm, I just made this list of all these things mentally. I need to go back and rewrite. So thank you so much. <laughs> um, we got to keep going here. Um, before we go into our lightning round question, a topic that we didn't hit, but, but we're going to hit it now is, is on AI. So I want to give you AI minute, one minute to, to rant about whatever you want on, on AI. Go. I don't have a, I don't have a lot to rant about. Um, I really like using AI. Uh, I like chat GPT, not so much for writing, but for trying to understand certain audience groups. I think it works really well. Uh, I use Midjourney and even Photoshop for generative images. The only thing I would rant about AI would be the fact that it's never as easy as it's advertised. Uh, when you use ChatGPT, it, it, it comes across and it sounds all right, but then when you actually read it, there's no substance behind it. Or with image generation, you see the ads for Photoshop and they make it look super easy, but then you try it and you get like a hand coming out of a head. Uh, so it's it's not it's nowhere near as easy as they're advertising. And that's my only rant. That's a good one. Right, make it look so easy, but you know what? No, there's no BS there. It's not as easy as they say. You get hands coming out of heads. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's kick it off for some lightning round questions. Um, I'll, I'll kick it off. First one. So, should all roles that create data visualizations and data analysis learn how to be good data storytellers? Not necessarily. No. Uh, so. There are, there are specializations within data visualization and data storytelling is just one of those specializations. Uh, but if you're more into creating dashboards or if you're more into doing analysis and creating those kind of visuals to help you with analysis, uh, no, you don't have to learn how to do data storytelling. It will help you, definitely, but you don't have to. No, that's fair. Um, the second question here kind of inverts this a little bit. Can you be a data storyteller if you don't know how to make data visualizations or don't know how to do data analysis? Yes, you can, definitely. Uh, it's if you can effectively communicate and you can work well with the people who have done the data analysis, uh, yes, you can tell a really good story. All right, all right, next question. AI, things like ChatGPT, right, are getting really good at telling stories. Do you think they will get good at telling data stories, will they decrease the need for data storytelling? I think they will eventually take over what I do. Uh, it's not anytime soon. I'm, we're talking a very long time considering what they're capable of. Um, but eventually, yeah, sure. There'll be a lot of other jobs, I think, within analytics that go before data storytelling does. Uh, but yeah, at some point. Very oh, honest response. That is a very honest one because I, I would I would I would think people would say no. no. I was kind of expecting yeah to be like no way data storytelling never. <laughs> I mean you get what you you put in right. You've got to ask the right questions, and so we're not really good collectively at asking the right questions of AI yet. We'll we'll get there eventually though. That's a good observation. Um, all right, last lightning round question. Can data stories be false? And is that okay? Uh, yes, you can. I think there's a saying that you can make data tell you just about anything you want to know. And so obviously, uh, data stories, in my eyes, they're how you frame the information that you've got. Uh, but that information 
could be wrong. And so therefore you can have a data story, but it might be communicating the wrong information or the wrong data, in which case, yes, they can mislead, they can miscommunicate. Yeah. All right, Tim, takeaway times. We got so much stuff to go through here. Takeaways. Take I'm going to try to keep it succinct. I'm going to try to not do an a, and, and, and. You tell a story. <laughs> Practice oh, your storytelling. That's the tough part, though, is that these 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 takeaways we do are kind of like and, and, and. Yeah. A, I'm going to see if I can find a therefore in here somewhere. Um, so we started off with data storytelling. What is it? What's the honest OBS on data storytelling? Um, and we we all kind of admitted that it is a little bit of a buzzword. There's a lot of hype around it. But at its core, it means how do we effectively communicate our data insights? Uh, and I thought that was a very clear and direct way of saying, you know, it's, it's a form of communication. And you said that data uh, storytelling isn't just about data. It's something that can apply to anything. Um, you know, uh, it, it, we like to create these new terms, but there's a lot of, uh, of power that comes here around this concept around data storytelling. Um, you mentioned that you got into data storytelling and, and, and kind of used your, you getting into it a little bit to tell the story of data storytelling that uh, you were in data and analytics for a long time. You uh, kind of fell into business analytics and you had a love of design. So that was where kind of data visualization came in. And then, um, you know, data storytelling became uh, a passion for you as well, as you really uh, started to think, especially about these organizations as they mature, uh, you know, they have so many dashboards that you really have to get good at, uh, at, at clarifying and, 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 and letting the meaning resonate. Um, and, uh, and, it, and it's interesting to see the journey that lots of companies have gone through. They've, they've established lots of data infrastructure. They've done a lot. And now they have to find ways to get more meaning out of all the noise and, and, and sort of the chaos that they've created. Um, if you're doing data storytelling well, um, you know, uh, Juan asked, we have to have as many data visualizations. And you mentioned it kind of depends on your audience. Um, if you're a subject matter expert, then you may already understand it. Um, so maybe you don't need to worry as much about the data storytelling. It's more when there's a difference between your audience and the person who's kind of looking at the data, right? You're trying to communicate around the data. You're trying to convey meaning. Someone might not have any idea what it means. And that's where the, the data storytelling especially comes into place. The audience seems to be a very key player that we have to keep in mind here if you're going to do a good job of going from a dashboard, uh, uh, you know, or a visualization to uh, an actual story or a communication around around that information. Um, how do I get started? Most people that do data storytelling are likely coming from the data visualization field, you said. Um, and there's, in general, three reasons why you're creating data visuals to discover, to inform, and to educate. Um, and if you're just going to create visual after visual, then that might be what you call chart vomit. And, uh, and that's not, not the goal here. We really want to make sure that we're focused on, um, you know, really conveying information, especially if that's the goal, right? If the goal was just to have chart vomit, good for you, you did it. Uh, but, uh, a lot of times you are trying to convey much more information, um, and, uh, you know, educating visuals can help with that uh, and keep in mind you shouldn't just design the visuals for only yourself if you're trying to really communicate around them um and finally before i hand it to juan tools 
Um, you know, it's not just about the tools. It's not just about the technology. That's a that's a means to to the end. Data storytelling, you said, is a process. Um, you know, PowerPoint can be a great data storytelling tool. You don't have to become obsessed just with thinking it has to be, you know, the, the advanced data visualization or data science tools. An email can be uh, a data story. You can be standing in line and tell somebody a data story. So I think it's good to break that framing around technology. Juan, over to you. Yeah, so so much stuff more. One, anti-patterns anti of data storytelling. We've talked this already, came up many times, but just to be very specific, thinking that a dashboard is equal to a data story. So just because you created a visual, that doesn't mean that you're creating a data story. It needs to be written or understood before it can be communicated. Um, how do you become a great data storyteller? You need to rely on folks who or even or you need to know as an industry, the domain knowledge, have communication skills, look at the world through critical eyes. And in some cases, if visualizations are involved, then yeah, you may have need to have some design background. If you are new to data analysis, it is will be hard to be confident to tell that story. So that's something to, to take into account. I think the and the data analysis feeds into the data storytelling. So this can be done by the same person. And if they're but if they're done. But if they're done by different people, therefore, you need to be very careful so they, things don't get lost in translation. Look at that, huh? Uh, so tell the story uh, so it can have an impact on business, right? Focus on the impact. Like you, you, if you're on a project, like write what that project is doing and what's the goal of that project. And most importantly, what is the goal above that goal? And what are the goals of the other teams around? Because that's how you can find that shared understanding. Um, a data story isn't going to achieve data impact by itself. It needs to have that inputs and the interpretations of it. So it's somewhere in the middle. And when people ask, what does that mean? You, this is where you really know your audience. Like, what does that mean? Will it mean to them? And wrapped up about tell me a good data story. You need to know how to tell a story before you can tell a good data, data story. So you brought up Randy Olson and his three acts, the and, but, and therefore, these three words describe that three-act structure. The issues that we get lost in the and, 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 call it the chart vomit or the observation vomits, because at the end of the day, yeah, we're in agreement and that kind of bores people. That but is the contrast. And that's like the, that intro to act two where people pay attention. So you really want to arrange those building blocks together with that narrative structure to tell that effective data story. And this and but therefore has changed my life today. Kat. Oh, good. Well, well done. <laughs> How did we do? What the, anything we missed? I, I that was fantastic. So we did we tell uh did we get a good grade for our data for our storytelling? <laughs> I did. <laughs> you you might right, well, find that you're natural storytellers. It just it just comes out and you don't know it. <laughs> All right. Well, to, to wrap up, throwing it back to you. Uh, what's your advice? Who should we invite next? And what resources do you follow? Uh, my advice is just in general, uh, don't don't be afraid to ask questions. And so if you want to improve your data storytelling skills, as we talked about, you're going to have to improve your business acumen and asking questions will enable you to, to do that and to communicate better. You can't communicate something that you don't understand. Completely agree. Uh, so who should we invite next? Um, I thought about this. Uh, I think Ali Torbin, she has a technical background, a data background, and she's also writing a book. Her book is, will be released next month, and it's about how technical data people can increase the amount of creativity they show 
and they were elves. So it's a little bit different. Um, can you give, give me the name? Ali? A -A? Ali Tobin. All right, perfect. Uh, and then finally, what, what resources do you follow? Uh, the Data Visualization Society. Um, they, uh, datavisualizationsociety.com, I think it is. A great resource for anybody interested in anything around visualizing data. Uh, so they have an annual conference uh, that you can either attend in person or online. They publish two print magazines a year all about data visualization. They have digital articles that they'll constantly publish. Uh, you can write for them if you're interested in, in, in getting more involved. They have memberships. They have Slack channels. It's just the place to go if you're interested in data visualization. Fantastic. Thank you so much for this. Well, Kat, this was a phenomenal conversation which opened up my, my view of the world. Uh, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. I feel extremely lucky. Tim and I are extremely lucky that we have the opportunity to chat with so many people like you because it, it, we get to learn so much. And hopefully everybody who's listening uh, shares that uh, shares that same sentiment today. Kat, yeah, thank you so much. My pleasure. You have a good Cheers. one. Thanks, Kat. Cheers. You too.